There is a strong presence of the Lord here right now. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men into me. We can sing a lot of songs, but when we sing about the name of Jesus, when we sing about his name, he's drawn near to us in worship and heaven touches earth. And right now there is miracle power in this place. You know the Bible says that without God we have no hope in this world, we have no future. Without God we are lost, we don't know real peace, we don't know real joy or forgiveness. And you might be in this atmosphere of praise and worship tonight and might be a million miles away from God and you don't know God as your saviour. I ain't going to wait till I get to the word to write because I just sense there's a, there's a real anointing here right now. As we've been proclaiming, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Let me, just, let me just say this to you. Whatever you believe tonight, one day, every knee is going to have to bow to Jesus Christ. Every power that exists in heaven and on earth is going to bow their knee to Jesus Christ. And we have to decide, this side of eternity, when we meet him, how shall we meet him? As our saviour or as our judge? It is appointed, the Bible says, once for man to die and then the judgment. The death rate in this country is one in one. Nobody can escape death. It doesn't matter how much money you've got in the bank, whether you drive a Bentley and you live in a nice postcode in this area, you will not escape death. The only way to escape death is to know the one who is the resurrection and the life. And his name is Jesus Christ. Right now all across this building and those watching the broadcast, I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. All across this building, every head bowed and every eye closed. If you were to die tonight, do you know that if you were to die right now, tonight, that I do you know for sure that you would go to be with Jesus? Do you know? Do you have that assurance in your life? Do you know? Maybe you've come tonight and, you're, and you've got loads of questions and you're, you're looking for answers. Let me tell you, I can't give you a theological explanation of God, but God can touch you where you are by His Holy Spirit right now. And if you say, Pastor Richard, I want to experience, I want to experience, I don't want to be told about God, I want to experience God. In a moment, you are about to experience the tangible presence of Jesus. He is going to touch you and you're going to feel His Holy Spirit and you will know that God is real. You'll be left in no doubt. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, quickly right now, I'm going to ask, I'm going to count to three and if you say, Pastor, I need to experience God in my life. I don't know Jesus. I want to experience His love and His life. You might be a religious person here tonight, come to church for many years. Maybe it's your first time, your second time. You've come with a friend. You've heard there's a meeting on tonight and there's a Welsh guy coming and you've just turned up to hear the Welsh guy. I don't know. But you're here tonight because God planned this meeting for you. If you were the only person left on the planet, God still would have planned this meeting just for you, sir. Just for you, madam. Just for you, young person. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you this question. I want to pray for you. Where are you? I'm going to count to three. And if that's you, just slip your hand up right up in the air. When I see it, I'll acknowledge it. Here we go. Get ready to raise that hand all across this building as I look. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Here I go. One, two, three. Just raise them up. Raise them up high. Do it now. Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? 
Thank you. God bless you there. Anybody else? Quickly. Anybody else? Sitting down over there. God bless you. God bless you, mate. Thank you. Anybody else? Yes, at the back. Thank you. God bless you. Anybody else? Don't miss this opportunity to experience God in your life right now. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? Thank you, sir. God bless you. Me, Take your hand down. Thank you very much. I'm sure the team are watching where these hands are. Make sure you know where these people are, please. Is there anybody else? One more. Is there one more here tonight? I just sense in my spirit there's more here. And you just, God is knocking on the door of your heart and you're just, you're just resisting. Just allow him in. Give God a chance. Give him a chance. Is there one more here tonight? Just raise that hand quickly. Over there. Over there. Yes? Thank you. God bless you. God bless you, man. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you very much, madam. God bless you. Thank you very much. You may take your hand down. God bless you. God bless you, my sister. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? I'm waiting as people are still responding. The Holy Spirit is moving here right now. Come on. I said the Holy Spirit is moving here right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, madam. God bless you. God bless you. Take your hand down. Thank you. Is there anybody else? Is there anybody else? I'm looking across. I'm looking up into the balcony. Is there anybody else? Across this great gathering of people. Is there one more here tonight? One more before I close this appeal. Before I close this appeal. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for every single hand that was just raised there. Every single individual you saw because they're precious to you and you love them. And you have a plan and a purpose for their lives. And I pray right now that they would know you not just as some distant, faraway religious experience, but they would know you personally in their own lives. And having come to know you, that they know their sins forgiven and they would know real eternal life. In Jesus' name I pray. Hallelujah. Now, now let me just try and say to you, those who responded, lifted their hands, and the rest of you who are believers, the angels in heaven are a little bit more excited than you right now. see the Bible says over one over one person one person I don't care tonight if I came to London for one person to say I need Jesus Christ in my life for the one is worth it because we believe we make a difference one life at a time amen Jesus is always after the one and there's more of you but some of you are yet to be convinced you're yet to be convinced so sit down for a moment sit down for the moment I'm going to get my team to come up from Victor Outreach. Everybody up on the stage, please. Stay on the team. Stay on the, stay on the platform, guys. service this morning uh, we had a lot more here they've gone back to Wales because we've got church plants going on and stuff and this is a small amount of the team but incredible stories these are trophies of God's grace in fact I'm going to get one or two just to share their stories with you and I, I want you to listen to what they have to say tonight so Pamela would you share your story first Can you go? good evening everyone um, hello, my name is Pamela, and um, I'm originally from Belfast in Northern Ireland, so I hope you can all understand me okay. <laughs> um, I've been in Victory Outreach for um, a few months now, and um, really, um, growing up, I had a really good childhood, 
and my parents did the best they really could for me. Um, it was sort of, well, when I grew up, I had two children. I had Jason, who is 14, and Caitlin, who is six. But when Caitlin, Caitlin was born, I was diagnosed with postnatal depression. And this is really where the problem with drink started. And um, I began drinking to be able to cope. And that was like with everyday things, like doing the dishes or putting a wash on. And um, so it really got to the stage where I was drinking like about six o'clock in the morning. Um, and then really, from then on, things really started to spiral out of control. Um, I lost um, my children, access to my children. Um, I see them at weekends now. And really, it was a difficult time for me because um, the depression started to spiral as well. And little by little, everything was stripped away from me. Um, I was studying at university and everything seemed to be going really well. And then all of a sudden, you know, sin had got its grip on me and I had lost everything. And so really from then, um, there was a few points, um, really, really low points where I felt that life wasn't worth living anymore. And then um, I started to self-harm with matches and um, burn my arms. And really, after trying everything, after going into counselling, in hospital detoxes, um, detoxing at home, just trying absolutely everything. I had been going to church, but my problem was that my addiction was coming first. God wasn't first. And really, I was in hospital one night, and it was just after Christmas time, and I just cried out to God. I was really, really lonely, and I was really, really miserable. And I had hit my personal rock bottom. And it just reminds me um, how I felt at the time was really in Psalm 40, when it says, I waited on the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard me cry. And he lifted me out of a horrible pit and out of Mary Clay. And that's exactly what God did in my life. And the next day, I got a phone call from a friend and I got the number of Victory Outreach. And I have to say, things have been completely different. Um, I've let God into my, into my life, but also into my heart now. And I mean, it says in John 10, 10, that um, God gives us life and life more abundantly. And the thing was that I knew that God didn't want me just to exist because that's what I was, really. I was just existing as an alcoholic. But now God wants me to live. And I have to say that is thanks to the work of Victory Outreach, all that I've learned since I've come here, and also to God. Pamela, so, how long have you been clean for now from, from alcoholism and all the addictions? Um, I've been clean since I came here. So about, is about four months, three, four, four months. Four months. Come on, that's fantastic. How wonderful. Well done, Pamela. Well done. Michael, Michael, come here. Share with us your story as well. Evening, Kensington. Great to be here. How uh, you've had a Welshman, an Irish woman, now you've got a Scotsman. So <laughs> I know you've got your work out keeping up with these accents. So. Yeah, it's just great to be in the house of God, isn't it, when he turns up this way. It's fantastic, isn't it, the presence. It's just, it's just awesome. And I just want to briefly talk about what's God done in my life, how his presence has affected me and how it's changed me. And, when I was young, um, very young, when I was two, three years old, I developed a hearing problem, and I started wearing a hearing aid. 
And by the time we got to school, I had a, a sort of big phonic box thing that I used to carry about with me. Uh, back in the 80s, technology wasn't as good as it is now. And, uh, you know, it was quite a, quite a prominent thing I was carrying about. And I used to get bullied quite a lot for it. So I didn't really like going to school. I'd go home crying, and my dad was kind of like a man's man. He'd been in the RAF most of his life, and he would tell me to go back out and sort of, you know, stick up for myself, but I wouldn't do it. So I always kind of fell out with my dad at home. So I didn't really fit in at school. I didn't really fit in at home. And uh, things kind of just progressed that way for me through my life, and I didn't really feel like I fitted in anywhere. And um, I remember getting to the secondary school, and I kind of found a group of guys that I did fit in with. And these are the guys that were smoking cannabis and taking speed. And, you know, such as the way I was thinking that I just wanted to be accepted by somebody that I was willing to do anything. I was willing to compromise anything. And, you know, I just kind of got involved with the wrong kind of things. And that led to me getting into a, a drug addiction that lasted for 10 years on, on heroin. And uh, my life was a complete mess. I was in and out of jail. I lost my jobs. I lost family. Uh, I lost everything, really, and I was in a real, real dark place, a real mess. And then one day, a friend of mine took me to church, and a guy, much like what I'm doing now, was talking about what God had done in his life, and how God had set him free. And at the end of the meeting, I gave my life to God, and things just changed for me from that day on. It wasn't like, a, like the Apostle Paul on the road to Damascus. It wasn't one of those experiences. It's just been a gradual thing, you know? And I gave my life to God, and I just felt a peace upon me. I just felt like, you know, I can, I can deal with my problems now. I've got God on my side. But I still didn't have a way of kind of getting out of the lifestyle I was in. And my friend that took me to church suggested Victor Outreach. So I came to Victor Outreach, and that was eight months ago. And my life has just completely transformed. I'm no longer lost or, you know, caught in a dark kind of place. I've, I've got a plan in the future because God's given me that. You know, he's opened up doors and opportunities for me. You know, hallelujah. You know, and I know I thank God that he did break into my life and set me free from the problems and the issues that I had. I also thank God for Victor Outreach every day because if it wasn't for Victor Outreach, that process, that, that healing that God's began in me probably wouldn't have been able to come through to fruition, you know. And you know, I, I just thank God. I really shouldn't be here. You know, I really shouldn't. I should be... I should be dead, like, for, for you know, the things I was involved with. But I just thank God every day for his grace and his love and what he's done for me. He's an amazing God. Amen. Fantastic. Fantastic. There's, there's a lot more guys here, and uh, time's not going to allow me to go through everyone. They've, different ones have done different testimonies. They were here this morning. But you, what, what I want to get over to you is this, is that Jesus can change anybody. He doesn't just change drug addicts or, you know, people who have done things and they're in prison. I've discovered there is a lot more going on in folks who call themselves Christians. And if we were convicted for the things that we got away with in our minds, some of you would be doing a life sentence. But God, who is rich in mercy, wherein he loved us and gave himself for us. And you know, what you're hearing here is the work that I am heavily involved in, Victor Outreach UK. We're in the business of rescuing people, literally rescuing people, some of them from death's door, and bringing them into our homes, loving on them like family. And my staff and my team, some of which are here today, Lisa, the general manager, sat over there, and Pastor Andrew, the chief executive also, as well as the associate pastor of my church, is involved in running Victor Outreach and, and a great team of, of staff and volunteers that live in with these guys, about 60 people on our program. 
And these are all either off the streets or from prison or referrals and from hospitals, all kinds from probation, messed up people with lives that you, they, they, look, they look lovely up here, but when they come to us, they don't look lovely like this. I can assure you. In fact, Joel, uh, who stood there, Joel, just come here a sec. Joel uh, was deported from America. Um, he originally was born in England, but his mother left England, went to America when he was nine. Uh, he spent four years in San Quentin Prison, which is one of the top security prisons in, in, in America. And um, they deported him back over here. <laughs> and uh, he didn't escape. They didn't get out of there. Like, you know, so. But I remember Joel, when he came into the home, I remember, and he won't mind me saying this, I know sometimes he doesn't get embarrassed, he's an American anyway, we, we need to embarrass them from time to time, they're always embarrassing us, but Joel, Joel came to us and, um, in fact, Joel actually used to live on the streets around here, Shepherd's Bush is where he used to be, Chiswick, he was an alcoholic, living on the streets, um, he was in a mess. Basically, I mean, we, we would describe someone in that condition he was in as a tramp. You know, we see, that's what we, that's what we describe. He, he, when he came to us, he smelt of urine and alcohol. It was all mixed in. He was a mess. Our guys took him and loved him. They would give him a shower because he needed one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, had to shave him because he couldn't shave because the shakes were too violent. And um, he gave his life to Christ and he... And, and God changed him, and, and we were praying. You know, we, we, he'll tell you himself, we had, to, we had to cut his meat up on his plate to feed him. We had to hold a cup for him. And he said to me one day, he came into my office, and one of his biggest achievements, I'll never forget him saying this, one of his biggest achievements was to bring me a cup of coffee without spilling any of it. Because of the shakes. And uh, today... Today, as I stand here, this is the power of Jesus Christ. Joel is the manager of one of our men's homes. <laughs> oh. Now, there are some people who this morning as well, and literally they're brand new on our program. They've just come, so they're very nervous. And, they, and some of them, you know, it's not long before they become Christians, two weeks max, and they, they just get saved because they've got no choice really, you know. So. <laughs> You know, uh, but, but Stacy, would you come here a minute, my darling? I know you're nervous. Come here, sweetheart. Stacy, um, I met you up in uh, where were we? Bolton at Bridge Church. Bolton, is it? All right, love. All right, love. Shut door, put kettle on, and all that. Like you know, I'm up there. And uh, Stacy, tell me, because you were in a bit of a mess when I met you, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. What was going on in your life at that time? That's... Well, I'd been trying to stay off, like the party drugs and the weed and the drink for a while but it were like it were everywhere and it were getting more and more the longer that I was at church and I'd come to fix conference on my birthday you came to one of our conferences it was your birthday wasn't it yeah and I, I, I was it the night I, I preached and I, and I saw you and what, yeah. what happened I came to speak to you didn't I yeah and um, you offered me a place but it felt to me like God were going happy birthday sort your life out <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. That's and, uh, and then, how long have you been with us for now? Um, just a little bit over two weeks. You've just been with us two weeks, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. And, and how, are you, how are you finding it being in Victory Outreach? I love it. Everyone's really nice. It's not always easy, but they support you. Yeah. You all support and how's your relationship with Jesus? 
it's getting really good now and it's like when like when I said when you prayed for me overnight for my mental health I've not felt any of it since then like last night when you prayed for me for my mental yeah. health normally I feel like all pent up inside yeah. and it's like completely gone now wow <laughs> come on somebody give Jesus some praise that's fantastic take your seats guys I just want you to know something. What Stacey's just said there about mental illness. We, we uh, from Wednesday night in our church, um, we, we had an outpouring. Yeah, yeah, let's show appreciation. You sing this particular, you stay there. Wednesday night in our, in, in our church, we, Dave, you're okay, just the keyboard players, because yeah, your voice irritates me. Go, just, <laughs> <laughs> he knows I'm joking you want to see him electrocuted when he worships it's brilliant anyway so when <clears throat> Wednesday night lots, lots of folks in our church are, are real broken people you know I, I love a church that's messed up I, I love a church full of messed up people I do. I love a church where outside they're all like having a fag before the service. What's happening, man? We, we've got, literally, we've got, we've got people, Andy tell, we've got people in our church who can't come to church unless they've had a drink first, right? No, this is true. Let me just try and explain to you how and why, though. You've got to understand where we are, right? We've we got one guy, for example, his name's Gringo. It's, it's, it's his nickname. He's actually in my book. I served three terms in prison with this guy. And on Easter Sunday, he walked into my church. And he gave his life to Christ. <laughs> now, the last time I saw him, the last time I saw him, I was serving time with him in Swansea Prison. He's in three chapters of my biography, my book, To Catch a Thief, which is out there, which is normally £75, but special rate tonight, £5 just for you. <laughs> or two for ten. It's a great deal either way you look at it. And Gringo, got, he's been so born again, right? But you know when someone gets born again, but they've still got issues? <laughs> Don't look so holy at me. Gringo, the first thing he does, because our, our name of our church is Victory and, and Victory Outreach. We, we just believe in victory because God is on the victory. I'm on the victory side every time, all right? So... He went to the barbers and he had victory shaved into the back of his head. <laughs> In our church, I kid you not, we, we, we've been having gang members come from like some serious gangs. One guy, I can't mention, I can't even say his name, he's not saved yet. We've had lap dancing girls come to the church and you know, so we've hidden anything they can swing off or anything like that. So, I mean... And, 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 and working girls, and, and we've had bank robbers, and, and sometimes bank, rob, bank managers. I don't know the difference, to be honest. They're both the same. But <laughs> so, and, and, and they're sitting next to each other, and I've, I've never seen anything so funny in my life to see Gringo. Who's, be, who's, who's lost all his teeth through heroin, who's just got saved, 
He has to have four cans of special brew before he comes to church because he, he doesn't like crowds. It freaks him out. He has four cans. So when he comes into the church and he's ready to get his praise on, he's like, ah, yeah. <laughs> but then what happens is the Holy Ghost comes upon him. He goes down under the power of God, right? He gets back up, stone cold sober, and has to go home and have another four cans. So, I don't know if we're helping him or not, but, but, but he, he's been bringing his girlfriend, who's not a Christian. Let me tell you, some things have been happening, just crazy things. And the makeup of our churches, sometimes, you know, you, you, this congregation will be the same. A variety of different people with different backgrounds, and, and church should be like that. And, and, but our church, for some reason, is just full of messed up people, and I, and I like that. I, I like the fact that they can feel welcomed in our church. We, we're not bothered about this. Hang on, let me just, let me just don't clap because you get my time. Like, I, I, I don't care. I don't care about their sexuality. I don't care about their complications. I don't care about their hang-ups. I don't care if they're clubbing on a weekend. Now, you said pastor, but what about disciple? All, all that stuff, yeah, I understand all that, and that's a process. But when these people are coming into the doors of the church for the first time, they need to belong before they believe. They need to feel loved. They need to know Jesus actually loves them, that Jesus isn't mad at them. Like, you know, it's easy to, to preach like, God is mad at you. How very dare you. The people, they, they, they don't live in your world. They don't speak our language. Do you understand what I'm saying? They, they don't, they don't, they're, not, they're not like, you know, we're in a subculture, many of us, and they come in and we've just got to embrace them. We've got to love them, no matter what their differences are, what, what their idea, and we, we, we're getting this now. On Wednesday night, something happened. This is going to lead into my message I'm going to preach tonight to you on not returning to Jacob's well, and it's going to make sense in a moment. And, and Wednesday night in, in our encounter meeting, which is a weekly service we have, apart from the Sunday, a man had been coming to our church for a while, so we all know who he is, in a wheelchair, paralyzed from the hip down. He came into the service on the Wednesday night. We were praying for people at the front for healing. As we prayed for him, I watched his legs began to shake, which was impossible because he couldn't move his legs before. Then all of a sudden, he jumped out of his chair. Then all of a sudden, he jumped out of his chair. Am I, am I, am I, no, am I facing the right way? That's what I'm getting at you now. He jumped out of his chair. He picked the chair above his head. I mean, literally, picked the chair above his head. I tried picking it up, and it's heavy. He, he picked it above his head, and he ran around the church. Now, let me tell you what's happened, what, what has happened since, since that. Just one miracle, one miracle, one miracle. He ran around the church. The church went mental. I mean, they, they, they went mental. There were people in our church, and we, every church has them, where they are. They, they're not very excited about anything. You know, there's more life in Gandhi's flip-flop. Do you know what I'm saying? They, they, that you're in church and, and the worship's going, and they're like, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. And the, and the most extravagant they get is, is you're lucky to get one of these, one of these worship, worship things. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord. They don't move the arm here above the shoulder, because that is a bit too charismatic right there. And I watched people in our church who, 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 would never, who would never even move when the music was going, just who stood like cardboard cutouts. And, and to be honest, sometimes I look out and I think they are cardboard cutouts I'm preaching to. I watched their faces change. Their eyes lit up and they were like... 
they, they, they were like shouting and screaming. And, and, and I was looking at them thinking, what's going on? What's going on here? People running around. It was holy chaos. You know, the church needs a little bit of holy chaos. So we put our agenda to one side and the Holy Ghost comes and it's just off the charts. So that was Wednesday night and then it was all going on and the meeting went on and, and people got saved and then loads of people got saved on the Wednesday night. Well, you would do if you're in a meeting and you see a guy jump out of a wheelchair. I mean, and you don't believe in God, you're going to get saved right there. <laughs> right. And then, on, th- then the Lord said to me, carry it on, do Thursday night. So we did Thursday night. Uh, but I said to the Lord, Lord, I'll only do Thursday night if there's more people in than, than Wednesday night. And then on Thursday night, there, it was absolutely rammed. There were cars queuing. Um, queuing, right? I know where, where you are, you're geographically. It's difficult because most of you commute in, but we, you can drive to our place and we've got a lovely big car park. That's why you should move to Wales. So anyway, so there's this... Um, so <laughs> there were cars queuing all the way down, half a mile down the bottom of the road to the roundabout. On the, on the Thursday night. On the Friday night, even more people came. There were vicars there with dog collars on. There were Baptist ministers. There were ministers from all over the place there. Then on Saturday night, even more so. The, the, this, there is an outpouring that, is beginning, that has happened in Wales. And the reason why I'm telling you that is because I have, I have literally come out of the fire... And you guys know about the fire. You've experienced stuff. But listen, just because you've experienced something before, it doesn't mean that God can't do a new thing. That God wants to do a new thing in this place. And the outpouring began. And I can tell you this. We have seen brain cancer, tumors, cancer, diabetes reports are coming in all the time. A woman... Midnight in bed after going home, heard a, a spine, which was a curvature in the spine, the back of the neck like that. It came back and went straight, straightened her spine. Four people in the town centre that weren't even in church got saved at home in a house in Cumbran at midnight. At midnight, they got saved and they were phoning around asking if our church, because I don't know if they knew about our church, but they were asking, is that Victory Church open up the road? It's 12 o'clock at night. And, and most of us, we're here tonight on a Sunday night and we're already looking at our watches and we want God to do, a, we want God to do, do something. We want an outpouring. We want a revival. We want a breakthrough. Here's what I've discovered. God says, I'm willing to show up, but are the people prepared to show up? All right, well, what it is, you see, Pastor, you're going to understand, I'm a busy man. I'm a busy woman. I, I got lots going on. Have you seen my diary? God ain't interested in your diary. God ain't interested in your agenda. He's got one agenda. His agenda, his mission. And the problem is we've got all our priorities messed up and mixed up and we wonder why there's no power in the church anymore. We wonder why there's no glory in the church anymore. It's because what we consider to be important is not that important to God. We're materialistic. We're consumed with our own lives. We're self-centered by and large. Most of us, we want to do our own thing and we're not interested in God. God, I don't mind you on a Sunday and I don't mind you once in a week. But that is it. Keep out of my life because I've got things to do. I've got people to see, places to go. And we're crying out for revival. Wait one second. Stop. Think about it for a moment. If we truly believe that God wants to pour out His Spirit and for a mighty revival to break out in this city of London so that thousands upon thousands upon thousands thousands would come to faith in Christ then surely if God says I'm prepared to show up but are you prepared to show up 
I said this to our church, and every night, every night, more and more people increasing. In fact, we've, we've had to put the church side on. Now, the stage, which was the stage, we're going to have to end up putting seats on there to get, to get the people in because of what God's doing. And, we, and it's just it's going mental. People are talking about the first time that it went out on our Facebook page, and, and uh, I'm not, I don't go on there much. The guys tell me because I, I, I don't like Facebook. It's full of depressed people. Anyway, anyway, so... <laughs> They get my spirit down. You know what I mean? Like, I'm off to bed. It's been a miserable day. Well, thanks for sharing your joy with us. Like, <laughs> shove off. You know I mean? mm. Mm. So right, you can follow Pastor Colin Dyke because he puts good stuff on there, positive stuff. Do you know what I mean? And he puts stuff on there that really winds the devil up. Do you know? Have you noticed? Like, no political correctness. If it's wrong, he just says it. Do you know what I mean? I, I like that. I like that. So get on there and like that page. Anyway. Um, so, uh, the first night we put a report out, 37,000 people, first night, within, within, literally within a few hours, 37,000 people had viewed the page of the report of the miracle that broke out and the outpouring. Yesterday, God TV came down straight to the church, straight away, they came in and, and they said, look, we want to bring the cameras in. I went, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, this is not something that's sensational, it's something that is sacred. And I don't want to advertise this on God TV at this moment in time because what God is doing is sacred and I've got to protect it. And I don't want nut jobs from around the country flying in to get a tingle on the back and a shingle down the spine and rolling on my carpet. <laughs> However, because when there's an outpouring of God's Spirit, you don't need to advertise. We, we've had no, there's no leaflets gone out. We haven't done a, PA, a PRPA, PR campaign. We haven't brought in major ministries to promote us and fill state. We've done none of that. All we've done is, Holy Ghost, just have your way. He turns up. I, we don't know what's going to happen. One night, every night has been different. In fact, on the Saturday night before I got down here, I had three hours sleep before I got down here. I was just in the Holy Ghost, uh, uh, drunk in the Holy Spirit, nearly got stopped by the police. And as I was coming down, I just got down here and I, I was nuts because on the Saturday night, two hours into the service, which was going on for hours and hours and hours, two hours into the service, a load of Koreans walked into the meeting. Two hours late. You know, because culturally, some of you are a little bit like that. I had Filipinos, you're the worst, you're terrible. <laughs> whoa, 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 hour and a half later, you turn up to church. We started an hour ago. Where have you been? I don't. Don't talk to me about the Africans, because that's another story altogether. <laughs> what time's the meeting start? Seven. You, you come down, there's nobody here. Well, 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 it's in Africa. Oh, it'll just start. Uh, like nine o'clock, there's nobody there. Ten o'clock, people start showing up. They're playing, they're playing. They, they call it music. They're making noise on the stage. And, <laughs> and then there's thousands of them there. Where did all these people come from? <laughs> Unless English people are prim and proper, you know, we like to get here on time, you know, we like to make sure we're on time, got to be on time, got to be on time, you know, it's very important. <laughs> but pastors' wives are exempt from being on time to church, though, you know, I don't know. My wife, I don't know, I, I can't speak for Pastor Colin or Pastor Amanda, but I know my wife never turns up on time. We do have five children, though, we do have five kids. That, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't need any sympathy. It was a joy having them and making them, so I don't need any sympathy at all. And, uh, 
And, and God's been breaking out in, the, in this miraculous way. And, uh, and every night, every night, um, you know, people are getting saved. I mean, we're going we're gonna to have to be baptizing 60, 70 people or something now in length of May or something. I mean, it's just, it's just gone. So I've, I, I've kind of, I'm a little bit stuck at the moment because I've come out of an outpouring and I've come to this which I consider to be a church plant of Victory Church anyway in London, but never mind. Just don't tell Pastor Colin. And, um, and I love this church very much, as you know, and I love you people. But here's, here's what I, I want to share with you tonight from John chapter 4. It's something that I shared on Saturday night, and, and it's something that I think is a key that will unlock some, some stuff tonight that are gonna, that's going to help not just us, but to understand some spiritual principles about the outpouring of God's Spirit. Because I don't know about you, but I am chasing after God with every fiber of my I want more and more of God in my life, not less and less. I'm not running away from God. I'm running to God. And when you're messed up, that's the best place to be. Not running away from him, but running to God. John chapter 4 is the beautiful story of this. Jesus, one day, he's just finished baptizing and he's on his way to Judea. And he leaves Galilee and he turns to his disciples. I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. He turns to his disciples and says, guys, I've got to go to Samaria. And they're like, whoa, Jesus, hang on a minute. You can't go to Samaria. We've got a convention booked. There are thousands of people waiting for you in Judea. We've got a conference. You're the guest speaker, Jesus. You know, we're looking at the balance sheet, Jesus. We've got this convention to go to. Um, there's going to be offerings. We can collect some standing orders. This is Judas, this is now. And you're booked to speak in Judea. We must go there. And Jesus says, no. I need to go to Samaria. Sadly, sometimes the church tries to maneuver Jesus to somewhere Jesus doesn't want to be. We try and agenda Jesus to fulfill certain needs that we have or criteria the church has to fit in with what we think Jesus should be doing. And Jesus goes, no, I need to go to Samaria. I don't need to go to the conference. I don't need to go to the convention. I don't need to sell any books or CDs. I don't need to. I, what I've got to do is I've got to go to Samaria because there is one woman sitting at a well drawing water that I need to go and speak to. I love this. Jesus is not interested with the, the glamour or, or the glitz of the crowd or the multitudes. He's interested in the one. The one. And he says, I need to go to Samaria. And the Bible says the disciples went off and they went to buy food. You could see where their priorities were. So they went off. They got themselves a Nando's. And Jesus goes to Samaria. Notice this in verse 4. He came to a city in Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of the ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now, Jacob's well was there. Everybody say, Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Then a woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away to the city to eat Nando's. Then Jesus saith unto the woman of Samaria unto her, How is it that you, being a Jew, 
Then saith the woman, sorry, Samaria to Jesus, how come you being a Jew, speaking of Jesus, asks a drink of me, I'm a woman of Samaria. Two problems, a woman and a Samaritan. For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Cultural clash. Jesus answered and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God, and who it is that saith unto thee, Give me to drink, thou would have asked of him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw water with. The well is deep. How can you draw water, let alone living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well, and drank out of it himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus said to her, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I will give him will be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now I want you to understand. This is what the Lord said to me from this passage of scripture. Jacob's well represents sadly so many people today in church, Christians, churches. It represents that place of religion where we go and we only get satisfied. She got water. Her thirst was quenched. She went to the well every day. And there are churches in our nation turning up week after week, month after month, year after year, like they're going to Jacob's well every week. They're doing church, but there ain't nothing happening. God's Spirit isn't moving. Lives are not being changed. The Holy Ghost ain't showing up. There is no healing. There's no miracles. There's no power. There's no manifest glory. There is nothing happening. And Jacob's well represents even our own lives. Where we've done what we've always done. And if you'd have said, when you do what you've always done, you get what you've always got. And you've got to learn to make some changes. And at this well, it's interesting that the woman, she says to Jesus, you've got nothing to draw with. You've got nothing. You see, she was relying on everything she knew to get what she needed to satisfy her. And I wonder how many times we come to church and we are satisfied and we leave. There's a difference between being satisfied and having the living water that springs up on the inside of you that's like a living well. There's an old Pentecostal song, and you know, you probably know that I'm into the old ones after tonight's service. Spring up, oh well, within my soul. Spring up, oh well, and make me whole. See, you don't even know it, do you? Amanda knows it. We're all right, love. We're all right. We're all right. And the reason why people today fill themselves with other stuff is because Jacob's well is not enough. Religion is not going to change this nation. Churches with no passion, with no power, with no presence are not going to change this nation. What's going to change this nation is a visitation of God's Holy Spirit when he opens up the heavens and he pours it out on his people and the power... Listen to me, the power of God doesn't just come on the preacher on the platform, but it hits the people in the pews. Well, it's not my personality. We've all got different personality traits, introvert and extroverts and whatever we might be, but I've never met one person. That I know that when the Holy Ghost explodes on the inside of them to say, Oh, well, I, I've just got the Holy Ghost.
Whatever your theology might be, when the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Ghost, who is the Spirit of God, comes and lives on the inside of you, something happens. You're not the same. I mean, you, you, you're mad. No, seriously, we need more. My best evangelists are the, are the maddest people in my church. I'm praying for the anointing of madness on Christians. I don't want proper Christians. They're miserable. I want Christians who go shopping in Asda and they're singing. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh my soul. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Whoa. Listen to me, ladies. Ladies, guys. If you did that, I guarantee you, you would get your shopping done a lot faster. People would move out of your way. The queues would disappear in front of you. I remember standing, I was standing, my, my wife sent me shopping, which is always dangerous. I went shopping once, twice, and I went shopping, and, and the Holy Ghost was just, ah, he was coming, I was just, the Holy Ghost was in me, you know. And I just had so much joy. Jesus was reminding me of how much sin he'd forgiven me of. And I, I, you know, I've been so sinful in my past and my life was, and I, oh, I was just overwhelmed with joy. And I just wanted to praise God. And I'm, I'm, I got apples in the bag and, I'm, and there's a couple of guys stood here and, I, and I'm grabbing these bananas to weigh them, grabbing the bananas. And, and I started singing, he touched me. He touched me. And all oh, the joy that fills my soul. I've never seen guys move away from me so fast. Not my life. And then. <laughs> I got. <laughs> it's a true story. <laughs> and of all things, I've got a bag of bananas and I'm singing, he touched me. He touched me. But see, I was just lost. I was just lost in the moment. I, when, I, when I've been out speaking, I've been, I get put in nice hotels. And you, you're in, not, not always, but sometimes. So I, I'm in a hotel and I come down to the lift and, and the Holy Ghost will come on me. And, and you know, and it, you know it's, it always happens when the lift is full of people. <laughs> when it's empty, it doesn't happen. It's like, it's, like, it's like God is having some fun with you. He's, like, he's, he's in heaven saying, Gabriel, Michael, come here. Bring me a latte. You need to see this. Look, look. Watch this. And it's just like he goes, Poo! And, and I'm in the lift. And <laughs> this was a while ago. It hasn't happened since, thank God. I need to give myself a heart attack. Anyway, so I was in the lift and it was packed. It was in the best Western, I think it was, in America actually. And I was coming off the third floor and it was packed in there. And it's early in the morning, everyone's going off for breakfast. And, I'm, I, and I, can, I, I can feel the Holy Spirit just doing, bubbling up. And I'm thinking, whoa, here we go. And I'm thinking anything can happen right here. I'm gonna, I could start laying hands on these people. They could be going down under the power. Something is going to happen. See, because God needs some more mad people. You know that. You know, pray to push the boundaries. Not just go to Jacob's well all the time. The same old, the same old, the same old. But something. So I'm stood there. And I just went, hallelujah. <laughs> the lift on the side. Everybody just jumped back. The lift, boom, jittered like that. And I, I said, 
This is not a good time for us to be going down. We've got to be going up. <laughs> I, I didn't know what to say to him because the hallelujah just came out of my mouth. My mother-in-law's the best. She's old classical Pentecostal. And after every sentence, it's praise the Lord. When I go shopping with her, it's the funniest thing I've ever done in my life. Wherever she's talking, it doesn't matter who it is. She'll be talking to them, so how's the son? Praise the Lord. He's all right, thank you. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Praise the Lord. I'm living in Birmingham at the moment. Where do you live? I'm living in Tipton. Praise the Lord. Are you going to shopping tonight? No, I'm off to bingo. Well, I'm going shopping. You shouldn't go to bingo. Praise the Lord. After every sentence, it's praise the Lord. But you know what? She's winning people to Christ all the time. Seriously, like she's winning people to Christ. Because Jesus needs more radical Christians. I got a guy called Dean at the moment, Dean Paddington, right? He was a gang member in Merthyr Tidville in the valleys. He's the most unlikely person you've ever seen as an evangelist. He's bringing more people to Jesus. He is absolutely mental. That's right. Vinshara Kamraig, yes, speak well. Yeah, Vinshara Kamraig. Vinshara Kamraig? Ah, die down. Pretty boo. Ah, nave, nave. Nave, bendigate. Good to see you, man. Aye. Yeah. Sorry, Beth. Yeah, Vinshara Kamraig. Excuse me, folks, I'm having a chat in Welsh. Forgive me. You're checking that I am Welsh. Do you think this accent is put on, do you? I'm from Llanelli. You can't get more Welsh than that. Where are you from? Where are you from? Llandailo. Not far from Llanelli, look. Near my neck of the woods. That's a lovely place to come from, that is Llandailo. But church, what you have to realize is this. You see, when the joy of the Lord comes in your life and it springs up, it's like living water. And that's what you've got to have. You, religion is not going to change anybody. It never, it never does. Religion doesn't change anybody. It's the living water of God that, change, don't worry about that, that, cha that changes people's lives. That's what changes life. These guys and these girls who are drug addicts, who are alcoholics, what changed their lives? What do you think changed their lives? You've heard it tonight. It's Jesus. The Holy Spirit came to live inside of them, set them free like he did for me. To help my brother out there, I was in Swansea Prison, 1993. I was in Swansea Prison, had an encounter with Jesus Christ that changed my life. Because that's what Jesus does. Amen? And I don't know about you, but I don't want to keep going back to Jacob's well all the time. The same old, the same place. I want some fresh water. I, I, I've, got, I've gone out to the prayer line enough times now. I want God to do something now. I'm not playing games anymore. I really want God to do something. And you know what God said to me to do tonight? And I'm going to do it. I don't care what's going on in this meeting right now. Because God told me to do something. I'm going to do it. God has told me tonight to lay hands on every single person in the building. If you don't want it, that's fine. But to pray for everybody, no matter how late it gets, what time it is. But I'm going to pray for everybody here tonight that wants prayer. If you don't want prayer, no, listen. I'm going to pray for you. Everybody, yes, sir, absolutely everybody. I don't care who you are. If you don't come prepare, I'm going to come and get you. I'm going to come up there. I'm going to lay my hands on you. And I've got the rose of Sharon oil down here and all. And I'm going to slap it on you. And we're, I'm going to pray for you because I believe that God wants to do something in this place. Now, yeah, come on. So let's get people out right now. We're going to pray for you. And the ministry, come on. You need to come out. 
I'm going to pray for everybody. Every, just pray for us. Just pray for us. Everybody's come on for prayer right now. Because the, the glory of God is here. The power of God is here. Andy, just come on. Where's that Gabriel Chan going? Come on, Gabriel. Get up. Yeah. What's going on here? Now, what I'm going to do right now. It's okay. It's okay. The balconies, get ready, because you ain't not, st- don't sit up there, because you're going to come down here, or I'm going to come up there. I'm going to come up there and cause some holy chaos, okay? So just wait until these have been released, and then you come as well. Now, I've been saying to you that we're out, we're in the middle of an outpouring in our church, and so God is, so healing is flowing, okay? Now, I believe that I've come with that tonight to, to, to impart some of that. I, I believe that I'm carrying something. I want to pray, and as I pray for you, I'm not going to ask you what you need prayer for. This is not a counseling session. Jesus knows what you have need for before I even pray with you. After I've laid my hands upon you and touched you, I'm not going to be spending hours praying for you and speaking in tongues and casting out devils. I've got time for that because the anointing is simple. Just one touch from the king changes everything. So I'm going to go across here. Once I've prayed for you, Okay, you've received from God in this atmosphere of faith, then you return to your chair. Those of you who give your lives to Christ for the first time tonight, putting your hands up, you need this as well because you're going to experience the power of God right here, right now. Push the chairs back if needs be, it's okay. Let the crowds come, it's okay, it's okay. Hallelujah. Right, we need to get some worship going on, you guys. Just, uh, just sense more. Sabre sto toro mo sembri andere mariana na mariana Si prorobo caramana na nasce Si eneria mare non so non ho messo non so Hallelujah I'm going to be praying right now For whatever miracle you need right now get that miracle in your head bring it before God Bring it before him right now. Bring it, bring it. And as you bring it, and as I pray with you, heaven was going to touch earth. The anointing of God's going to come. In the name of Jesus. Come on. Just worship for me, Dave. Just, just, just worship. Thank you, Jesus. Touch Holy Ghost. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Try. I know, I know, I know. It's the anointing's heavy, but if you can stay in your feet and receive it, see. If you stay in your feet, you can drink more. If you go down, you can drink less. I stay in your feet. If I was here, you can drink more. Let us have it. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, return to your seats once you're done. Thank you, Jesus. All you need, you don't need hours of hours and hours of it. That's the Holy Ghost. Just one touch from the King changes everything. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. Thank you, Lord. Ha ha. Thank you, Lord.